What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode 13 of The Bounce by Slab Talk with Rob Gerard and Amil Sarfani. Thanks for tuning in, and this is our sports card show. All right, what's up, Slab Talk fam? Thank you so much for tuning in to our show tonight. We appreciate you so much, and uh, welcome in our co-host, Rob Gerard. What's going on tonight, bud? How you doing? I'm Mel. I'm Mel. What's going on, man? How's everything going? Good, man. I am well-rested, that's for sure. I took a little vacay this weekend to celebrate my one of my best friends from college's bachelor parties, so we went over to Joshua Tree in California uh, and stayed there for about three or four days and, and, and had a, a really fun time. I, I, I stayed off my phone a little bit. I got some really great weather. We did some hiking. Uh, it was a great time. So I feel I feel great. I feel refreshed. It's been good. What about you, man? Listen, uh, all is well on my end, but I got to ask, man, what kind of friends do you have that you are flying across the country to go to a bachelor party? Like, what kind of life are you living? You're like the international man of mystery. You're like Austin Powers. Nope. I wish. That would be a much cooler story. It's really just that I have friends that I met in college. Uh, I went to school outside of Texas. So I went to school in Atlanta uh, at Emory University. And so Emory has people who come from kind of all over the country. And um, and so my friends are from New York and L.A. and all over the place. And so I have to, unfortunately, fly to see my best friends. And uh, it's, it's, it definitely is a, like a high cost to, to do so, but when we're all flying anyways, it's just the, the cost of doing business, I guess. So, um, it is what it is. It's a, it's a, it, it definitely makes things expensive and I can't see them as often as I'd like to. Um, but they're like my bros. Like these are, these are like guys that I call my brothers. Like they, these are, they were groomsmen at my wedding. Um, so listen, I feel like half the people I hang out with half of my friends, they'd be like, Rob. I, I don't have it like that. I can't fly out to Connecticut. Like, what are you thinking? I'm living paycheck to paycheck over here. Like, you want me to fly to Connecticut and just drop like a couple grand on like flights? Like, just tell you know, to, just tell them to flip a couple of sports cards. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. You know, but uh, yeah, no, it's awesome, man. That's awesome to hear that you have, uh, you know, such a tight network of of men. You know, I know we talked about that before when you went over to uh, was it Colorado last month? Uh, where was I? I think I was in Colorado last month. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. You, you, you go so many places. You don't even remember where you go. Me, if I go to, if I go to Rhode Island for a week, you know, I'm living off that memory for two years here. You, <laughs> I'm blessed brother. I, I honestly, I'm, 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 I'm very grateful that I can, I can do that. Like I know it's not, it's, it's not in the cards for everybody and, um, and flights do add up and, 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 and it is definitely a thing. And I, it's not like I want to spend the money. It just, it is, it is how we have to see each other. Yeah. Um, and so like Katie and I, we're in the process of buying a house right now. And we've talked about like, what's our price point, even stuff that we can afford. Uh, it, we have to have the conversation of like, all right, but if we increase our living expenses by a certain amount, that also takes away from like how we live our life. Um, and we like to travel. We like to go places. We like to do some stuff like that. And so um, definitely something you have to think about. Um and so we're definitely, you know, again, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do that. But crazy story from this weekend. Have you ever, do you have a dog? I do. Has your dog ever been sprayed by a skunk? 
No. My dog got sprayed by a skunk this weekend. I was not here for it. I, my poor wife had to deal with it. Uh. But the whole house smells like shit. It just it smells so bad. It smells like skunk. And we've washed her like, I don't know, 13, 14 times at this point over the last are you, two are days. You, are you sure that your wife just didn't have her friends over and they were just blazing up hydroponics all weekend and she's using the skunk as a cover? I mean, they'd be welcome to, but I, it's, it's definitely skunk odor. And and if she's going so insofar as to like buy three or four different types of skunk odor shampoos, kudos to her to like really sell the bit. Uh, <laughs> but we have like four different types of shampoo for skunk odor. So I, I, I don't think that's what it is. Listen. Yeah. I hear you, man. That's, that's very unfortunate. Um, I've definitely heard of dogs getting sprayed before and that just sucks. I'm just glad it's not me, but listen, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, the world constantly has to balance itself out. So it's like uh, Mill gets to go on a nice trip. His <laughs> wife gets sprayed with a skunk with the dog, you know, kind of thing. So it's like so your wife can really actually thank you for that. I don't think it's much of a thank you. I think it's something <laughs> else um, like I don't think that's much of a balance. Like I got to go on a trip with my best friends and she had to deal with yeah, my dog getting sprayed by a skunk. Oh, uh, um, that's unfortunate, man. That's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. How, how was your weekend? Good, man. Everything, you know, everything went well, uh, you know, spent some time with the family. And uh, it's crazy because now that like COVID restrictions are lifting, like card shows are just, you know, popping up every single weekend here in New England and New York and New Jersey. And the thing is, like, I live in such a great location. Um, you know, I've talked about this before, just for the hobby in general, because here I am in Connecticut. I'm 60 to 90 minutes to New York City. Um, I'm a little under two hours to Boston. Um, New Jersey is just like flooded with card shows. I think New Jersey, um, for the size of the state that New Jersey is, they must have the most card shows per square mile out of any state in the country. And let me tell you, all of these shows, the hobby is just so alive and well because all these shows are just packed. So like every week I feel like I'm getting offered a table or I'm getting offered opportunities to set up at places. And it's sometimes it's hard to say no, you know, because, but you know, I, I realize I do need to have that balance that we just talked about, you know, and, and I'm a big advocate of self-care and stuff. So just spending time with family, you know, the same way that you, you manage self-care this weekend by getting out there and spending time with friends. That's a huge part of it. I, I was just texting with a buddy last night, like, dude, when are we getting up and having cigars? You know, he has a daughter, my, my daughter's age. So we're, you know, we grew up with each other and we're like, when are we getting together and jump? We both have Harley Davidson's when are we jumping on the Harleys, getting cigars and just freaking riding out. So I hear you, man. I'm all about the bro love, you know, but yeah, this weekend just spent with the family and it was great. That's sick. I didn't know you were a Harley guy. That's uh oh, that's dude, cool. dude, you, you see, uh, the Harley and the Mount Rushmore tattoo right there. <laughs> Tim, are you dude you have sleeves i've i didn't even oh, know dude. you had sleeves oh i got i have both arms dude both arms totally sleeved up oh i did not know that that is uh that is a whole nother element of you oh yeah big time dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude my dad was a biker you know i grew up somewhat in the culture you know of, sure. of of motorcycles and uh oh yeah I've, I've definitely lived life on the edge for sure dude you know i uh, i'm a high school dropout I got my GED, 
you know, after high school and after about five years of being like, this sucks, dude, I need to get, I need, like, I'm not going to be able to survive like with these dead end jobs. You know, I went back to community college. I said, I'm going to take a single class. My wife and I, we both said, we're going to take a single class at the local community college. I was like 25. And, um, from that day, six years later, I ended up with a master's degree. You know, it was just, it's just crazy the way that it works, man. It was like, so yeah it's crazy man you know and it's it's a real testament to like it's uh everyone finds their place at some point if you continue to look and, and a lot of times it's not during school you know and a lot of times it's not during high school it's not during middle school it, school system is not necessarily built for everybody and so um it's a real testament to like keep looking keep finding your you know what you like to do uh and usually if you work hard enough there's a way to to make that work um and so good for you man yeah um Let's get into today's show. Yeah, man. So today's show is we're going to be talking about football and we're going to be talking about uh, certain plays that we really like right now. We've talked in the past about, you know, trying to buy at times where it doesn't necessarily feel good or that there isn't a ton of attention on um, the hobby or that particular sport. And that's especially true right now for football with the Super Bowl having uh, happened just two weeks ago. So we're going to get into that. Uh, but before we do, did you catch any of the All-Star game, Rob? I did. I did. And uh, I tell you, as much of a joke as the NBA All-Star game still is for the most part, it's not even comparable to the NFL Pro Bowl. I mean, talk about joke. But, um, but they have figured out a way to try to bring back some of the competitiveness to it. So I love the idea of like 163 points being the limit. You know, I like that idea. Um, but I mean, you know, they were showing like all these replays of like, um, first of all, the second half, Steph Curry hitting those half court shot three pointers. <laughs> never you know get boring I mean? to watch. I don't care if there's no defense that never gets boring to watch. No, it doesn't. And, and you know, you see some of the replays and literally – there, everyone is just standing flat-footed. No one's playing defense, so it does take away from it a little bit. But it was still pretty cool to watch. And then, like like usual in most All-Star games, the final three minutes or so was really cool to watch. I would love to see an entire game though played competitively with these kind of stars. Yeah, I, I mean that would be awesome. It's a, it's obviously hard to do with the injury risk, and and them actually trying to go hard at, at at a game like this when they have their own teams to obviously be responsible for. Uh, but what that ending, I, I love that they instituted that ending. I think that ending uh, really has brought back. I think it's worked. I think it's brought back a lot of that competitiveness, uh, especially at the end of the game. Um, and it's called the Elam ending, uh, named after the person who came up with this. Uh, this way of, of of scoring at the end of a game, um, and so I think it's I think it's fascinating. I think it's worked really well for the NBA All Star Game. I agree. The NFL Pro Bowl, especially this year, if you watched it, they're playing like two hand touch. Oh my god, absolute joke! And so uh, I I think there's a pretty low bar for the NBA All Star Game. I will say the uh, dunk contest was very underwhelming. Um, there were some high flyers in there, like Jalen Green and uh, and I was and Obi Toppin. I was hoping to see some cooler stuff, but. They kept missing their dunks on 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 their first like five tries, you know. So uh, the dunk contest, which I actually get excited, I like the dunk contest. Like I get pretty excited for the dunk contest, and I think there's been good ones. I think a lot of people talk shit about the dunk contest, but like the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon era was really the Aaron great. Gordon. Aaron Gordon stands out to me when he 
jumped up and it was almost like he was sitting on a chair and he went under the let under oh. his thighs for a dunk like oof and yeah I, I agree the the zach levine he he got up there you know what i mean but uh yeah no for sure yeah it's a fun one and there's obviously a ton of stuff going on with basketball i think we'll have ten, plenty of time to talk about it but the six you know but the the uh the uh the uh, nets made another move this weekend getting goran Dragic uh to sign with them and all of a sudden I was really down on on the Nets for a minute there with all the injury stuff and Kyrie only being able to play half the season. All of a sudden, uh, they're starting to look really good and they're going to be a really dangerous eight seed. I know it's like Miami right now at the top and all the the whole Eastern Conference right now is separated by like four and a half games or something ridiculous like that. So seeding probably changes uh, a lot over the next uh, you know couple months of the regular season, um, but it's getting really good. I think this playoffs is going to be like. It's going to be really great. You you have a ton of the you have. I don't think there's going to be a bad first round. Like it's going to be good. I can't wait to see Giannis and your boy from Philly. Why am I drawing a blank? Embiid. Embiid. Joel. I cannot wait to see them clash in the playoffs. I hope they I can lo- stay healthy. I love Giannis, man. Uh, I love Giannis. Oh my God, he's just so likable. He's just yeah. oh my god he he's he's almost like a Patrick Mahomes like you know you can't help but just freaking love the guy. Yeah, yeah. I I I think I think Giannis is great for the league. I, I'm a big Giannis fan, and I've got Giannis cards, so I I'm I'm hoping for Giannis uh, and the Bucks to go far in the playoffs. I've got Kevin Durant stuff, so I'm hoping either one of those teams go far in the playoffs. Um, and then did you hear that Chris Paul got hurt, which is really that's really unfortunate. He 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 fractured his thumb. He's out for six to eight weeks. When the Suns were like, really looking like the the, the potential favorite going into the playoffs. Are they the one seed right now? They're the one seed, and yeah. they have the best record by like several games uh, yeah. in the NBA. I mean, they were looking really good. Yeah, and I thought it was really cool to see uh, them bring together the top seventy-five players. That was really cool. Um, you know, and and I know it's been discussed. But I don't know how well documented it's been, but it really got brought to light this weekend how much Jordan and LeBron have had little to no interaction. And and the more I hear about, the more I hear that like Jordan has just like put up a wall when it comes to LeBron. Like he wants almost nothing to do with this guy. He doesn't extend his hand for anything. Yeah, and, and and you know that's a good point because I did think about that uh, when LeBron was talking and how he mentioned how little contact they really have, um, and it is it's it's kind of surprising because I know Jordan and Kobe obviously had I know a very tight knit relationship and Kobe always wanted to and be Kobe and LeBron more. did too Kobe and LeBron they they had a you know so so I'm not sure why that is I'm sure there's a piece of it that like Jordan feels threatened you know as the the the, the goat the the plus the best player to ever play and so I bet there's that and I, I I don't I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that contributes to it but it is it is interesting you would think that they that Jordan would you know either way I, you would think that they would make more of an effort but they obviously don't but then to know Jordan though, not that yeah. I know him personally, but to know Jordan, it's almost not a surprise because he he's 
he he does have a tendency to be kind of standoffish and just kind of be a dick to players you know like even even during and, and i think it's because he comes from that old school and when i say old school i mean the 80s you know or with the detroit pistons the celtics the lakers no one went out and partied afterward no one was giving each other hugs before the you know i mean rarely you know i think about that picture of um isaiah thomas and magic johnson giving each other a hug and a kiss at the beginning of a game but other than that players didn't like each other so i think jordan kind of comes from that school of thought but and he's so competitive and i'm sure you saw that line that clip of him talking to magic johnson backstage where he challenged he's like i'll go one-on-one with you right now (laughs) over all-star weekend and you know jordan was serious there's there's part of jordan that i think just he always feels the need to prove himself and just like you said i think partially with lebron he probably does feel kind of threatened yeah, it, it's it's it is really interesting, but it does add to like the Jordan lore, you know. There, there is a whole thing around it because he is he is like that, and you know he's he's just a he's an assassin, and and, and I think he still has obviously that killer instinct. So, um, I, I I it's 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 fun to watch. I think it's really fascinating. Um, did, did you see? I think it was ESPN. They put out the the rankings of the all seven all time seventy five, and I I think it was ESPN. And they put Jordan first, LeBron two. Oh, I didn't actually see that. Kareem three, yeah. Oh, and I think Magic Johnson four. Ah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I uh, mean, where did Tim Duncan fall on that list? <laughs> I, I don't think Duncan made the list. He's on the top seventy-five. No, he didn't make the no. Oh. No, I I would imagine top twenty. I think I want to say like sixteen or seventeen. Um, but I ah, could be wrong. But what yeah, disrespect. so what disrespect? Listen, you gotta, you gotta. Here's the thing that people gotta realize, though, when it comes to these top, especially top ten, when it comes to top ten NBA players of all time, no one's cracking that list, you know. And that's why when people try to put Steph Curry there, I'm like, listen, I hear you, and I, I, I know you want to put Steph Curry in top ten, but that means Larry Bird gets bumped. That means that Wilt Chamberlain gets bumped. Someone gets bumped. It's not like, oh yeah, he's a top ten. It's like, well. If you're going to give him that title, someone Kobe might get bumped for Curry. So are you taking Curry over Kobe? I think Kobe was 11th on that list. Now that I'm thinking, I don't even know if Kobe made top hmm. 10. Yeah, that's always the that's always the you know ranking or the uh, or when you're talking about all star selections and stuff. Talk about one of the guys that got snubbed. Okay, if someone gets snubbed, well, someone's got to go as well, right? So yeah. There's always that discussion of like, okay, just saying someone should be in is easy, but exactly. who's taking out? Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Let's get into some football talk because Definitely. right now is by far the best time to be buying football. It's the off season. The off season just started. So really people are cooling off on it. And it's a couple, it's, it's about four months before the national, which people do, or it's six months before the national. It's in no, August, it's not right? six months. It's, um, I want to say, five months it's five five months months. yeah five months before national because right now as we record it's february 22nd and national is going to be july late 20s right it's like 28th 29th so we're about five months short of national and national to me has always been the hobby new year right so it's kind of like everything before national everything after national i could remember going to last year's national coming away from there saying holy crap sgc has arrived it it hit me like a a punch to the gut 
like I did not truly know if SGC was really being looked at in this hobby and respected. But when I left national, there was no doubt in my mind. So yeah, I think everything kind of happens at national as crazy as that sounds. No, I mean, the national is the, the most iconic, you know, sports sports card event of the year. So for sure. And it's a month before training camp starts. And so what, happened last year. no it, it's right when training camp starts right when training camp starts yeah it's a month before regular season yeah and what happened last year i want to recap a little bit what happened last year because you had the february 2021 peak you also had football ending and so you had a ton of football players especially that took a huge dip but pretty quickly i remember way way before the season started there was this weird football upswing so mm -hmm. It was it was back it was in April I believe that all of a sudden you the football market almost because there's always this right so so when we talk about sports cards and buying times it's pretty well known now that like you buy in the off season you try to sell before the season starts and then you uh, and then you buy maybe in the mid season if you want but really you're buying in the off season to sell right before the season starts um, because that's when the attention comes back but well that's the strategy for people trying to level up if you're trying to level up that's the perfect strategy for sure but to tell the casual collector this is what you should be doing the casual collector is like no i'm not even thinking about football right now right but if you're listening to this podcast you're most likely more than just a casual collector and so mm -hmm. you maybe are looking at trying to make a couple plays that you can either hold on to through next season if you really believe in something or you love a player that's that's playing right now and if you're buying, you know, vintage football, then none of this really matters all that much other than when the attention is on the sport, because vintage does obviously benefit from that. But what happened last year in the offseason was that there was this pretty big upswing well, well before the season was going to start, as if people were already anticipating, like, because this strategy is so well known at this point, and yeah. so many like YouTube people and podcast people have talked about it over the last three or four years, it's become almost like. Now you're just moving up the timeline. You know what I'm saying? So like yep. right after the, the the dip, after certain teams get eliminated from the playoffs, all of a sudden there's this upswing. So basically what you're saying is if you are looking to buy football and you wait until July, you're already too late. You're already too already, late, basically. You're not too late, but you're taking a riskier play because now you're waiting. You're 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 now betting on actual player performance versus a player who is not playing within these months and you're just basically playing the attention game, which is way less risky. There's way less risk of injury. Uh, there's way less of a player underperforming, right? So like <clears throat> the beginning of this year, it was a classic Kyler. It was a, it was a Kyler season to start, right? Ky Kyler, you're talking about performance wise, performance wise, okay, Kyler yeah. came out of the gate, yep, but you 100%. Had other, they started other out seven and zero, I think the Cardinals, yeah, exactly. And his cards did feel a spike after that. But almost every other player that you bought in the offseason, hoping for a strong start out of the gate, guys like Patrick Mahomes, guys like Justin Herbert, actually went down in price the first six months. Oh, yeah. Uh, six weeks. Six weeks because, obviously, they were underperforming. Yeah. So it's a riskier play. But you know what's crazy is that it almost looked like Everyone went down once the season started. It, it's like, it's like you know, there's obviously two things that drive the hobby prices, right? It's performance and hype, like just like we were talking about. But when it comes to hype, there is no hype like 
probably the top five NBA stars, right? Top five NBA, maybe top 10 with mixing a couple prospects like LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, like them and NFL quarterbacks. Those two markets right there, like the top five to 10 NBA cards and NFL quarterbacks, there's nothing that can compare to that hype machine once it starts going. Like prices are like through the freaking roof. I can't believe it. And I remember last year being like, there's what, maybe five, six quarterbacks I can think of that are going to be really good this year. It didn't matter. Everyone was high. Baker Mayfield prices were high. Lamar Jackson prices were high. Um, you know, and obviously the other top six or seven, Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, they were high. It was like, oh my God, like, like the top 15 quarterbacks were high. It was crazy. But that's because of that big run up that happens before the offseason. So everyone's yeah. talking about which teams are about to like make big runs at the Super Bowl and which teams made major transactions in the offseason that are going to help them really be a better team. And so people are betting on those types of things, whether it's a good draft that, that a team had, whether it's a free agent signing that a team had, or a team that obviously that all of a sudden added to their offensive line and now the quarterback looks like they're going to have some more time to throw in the pocket. All right, cool. Maybe he'll have a really good season or at least a good start to the season so the hype machine is a very strong one you are right yeah. it is a very strong one now rob how do you think about the offseason what types of people what types of players are you looking at what types of plays are you trying to make like where does your head go with the offseason of football well i'll tell you what great question and that really leads us into the the meat and potatoes of this topic and First of all, when I'm thinking about what plays I want to make this offseason, by all means, I'm not telling any we're not telling anyone to go out and what you should be doing, how you want to spend your money. We're talking about what we're doing. Right. So I think when it comes to probably I can name probably four quarterbacks off the top of my head that I am not touching unless I'm getting them for a steal. And that is going to be Brady, Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, those four quarterbacks right there, their stocks are so high that if I actually want to do a flip where I can really level up, I'm probably not going to be doing it with those guys. And the reason why is because their prices for me to even get these kind of good high end cards or, or, you know, national treasure, flawless, immaculate type cards, I'm going to be paying an arm and a leg already. So I'm, there's not a ton of profit to be made there. But what I'm thinking is there's probably like four quarterbacks I could truly think of now where I'm like, now is probably a great time to buy these guys because, first of all, I'll just say them. First of all, first guy, Kyler. Kyler, without a doubt. He had a terrible postseason, right? Terrible. He he went to a playoff game and looked like he shouldn't have even been there. He almost got laughed out of the building he did so bad. But does that mean that the Kyler hype machine is not going to definitely be in full force again come national? No, I think so. I think Kyler's probably a good buy right now. So I'm I'm looking at Kyler. I'm looking at guys like Lamar Jackson. Lamar wasn't anything incredible this past year, but the Ravens are always going to be in it. And Lamar is electric on the field. So I think that his cards will easily move come football time. Um, you know, I'm looking at even someone like Baker Mayfield. Baker is someone that was probably in that top five card price category like where josh allen is he was probably there a year or two ago and his cards are dirt cheap now 
And I think, and I'm not saying I think he's going to have success this year. What I'm saying is, what can I buy now in February, March, and probably dump off around national time to where I could definitely level up and maybe make two, three, four X my money? I mean, I'm looking at Kyler. I'm looking at uh, Baker, Lamar. I don't know about you. What are you thinking? Yeah, we're. I want to break all those down because I think all of those players are really interesting, and there's narratives to to be had with each of them that I think can really add to their hype machines. And that's basically this whole game is guessing narratives. Um, all of sports cards is guessing narratives, prospecting, and if, prospecting. And if you can guess the right narratives, you tend to do very, very well. Um, now, I want to back up a little bit because there's a. I want to make a distinction in one of the things you said. Yeah. Um, you you said that guys like Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Brady Mahomes, to buy them, their stock is too high. Now, if you're looking at the market, and it depends on what cards you're looking at, and this is the distinction I want to make because you made a very specific a statement there that yeah. is very true depending on what cards you're looking at. You're right. So if you're looking at high-end cards, like they're actual collectible, long-term, like I would hold this for the until the end of time type RPA, of card. An RPA. Right, national or even a rookie RPA. auto, a rookie auto. Right, so autos, RPAs, flawless stuff, always like, especially and, and like the really rare uh, downtown inserts or you know the field level stuff, like the really really rare stuff that exists out there. What ends up happening is when a young pr- player like a Joe Burrow goes off the way he did, they create new floors pretty high, and now to get those cards. Even if they come down a little bit, they typically never come down to where they were unless the player really has an entirely bad preceding two or three years. And then all of a sudden you can rebuy their super high end cards because people have lost faith in them. But that's important to note because that's a different game than trying to sometimes flip more liquid cars that exist. Things like prisms, things like base prisms or silver prisms that have a little bit more population. And so like if you look at Joe Burrow's prism, which we will look at a little bit later, that you you may be thinking a whole different story. You may be thinking to yourself, no way, Joe Burrow's so cheap right now because he had such a massive run-up you know, and his prices have cratered after the Super Bowl loss. And that's on his really liquid stuff. But you're right. Even players like in basketball, when you have a guy like John Morant go off the way he is going, his really rare high-end stuff is now just permanently harder to get. So the reason I make this distinction is because I think there's two ways to do sports cards. And I think that I'm learning this over time because I'm realizing that I probably wasn't almost risky enough when I started, meaning I didn't take shots on high-end cards of players that I really believed in that hadn't popped off yet. Uh, which is the real opportunity in sports cards. If you are good at sports, go ahead. You never pulled the trigger on that John Morant last month, did you? I didn't, and it did sell for forty one hundred when I was when I was able to buy it at around four four thousand. It did actually end up selling for forty one hundred. Um, and this was, by the way, f- for people who are not, you know, didn't text me to see which card it was. It was the yeah. the two thousand nineteen Panini one and one. Uh, it was his. It was the the out of twenty five blue color match. You like card. the you like those one in ones, don't you? Love the Panini one. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. Big fan of that set. Because uh, you had you had the Dame, right? I had the Dame. I have since sold the Dame, but I yep. love like the the timeless moments set. It's 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 a 
very similar to the 07 uh, chronology set. And I, I really do like uh, the look and feel of those cards. But the point I'm, I, I, I'm trying to make here is that like one thing that I'm trying to get myself to do is take a few more shots on really young guys or guys that are really down on right now um, and buy higher end stuff instead of trying to buy the Josh Allens and flipping cards that are more liquid uh, because that is harder to do and you have to hit certain selling windows super hard if you're going to capitalize on those types of plays. But those are the plays that most people are making. So I do want us to talk about it in that frame of reference because now Josh Allen cards have come down. Joe Burrow cards have come down, at least the ones that are liquid and easily movable, whereas their National Treasure stuff and Flawless stuff and really rare stuff have permanently, to some degree, created new floors that are harder to get into. Well, and, and you make a couple good points that I'm going to challenge you on. Um, so the first thing is that, yeah, the Joe Burrow prices have come down but don't be fooled by how they've come down because i could remember the day before the super bowl the day of the super bowl i can remember hearing people say guys if you have burrow sell them because his prices will never be this high again so chances are burrow prices will could never be that high again i'm not going to say will never but could never be that high again so don't be fooled by the fact that yes he got to the super bowl because this take might come back to bite me but i don't see the Bengals going back to the super bowl within the next five years i just don't and i love burrow i think he's a stud but i don't know if that team is built to make a super bowl run the way that the patriots and the way that the chiefs have i i just don't so so for me i i don't know but and also to what you're saying yeah i think the high-end stuff t does tend to hold its value high-end stuff definitely does but not many people have the money to buy that high-end stuff. Not many people can drop four grand or eight grand on a flawless. So, so that's why I feel like a lot of this is talking to the people that are really floating in that mid-range. You know, the people that are really dealing in that five hundred to five thousand dollar range. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I want to make clear. Like, there are opportunities in that range. Uh, that are that are shorter hold periods because they are just more volatile and they sell a little bit easier and they and there's a lot there's a lot bigger of a market for them uh, because of that reason. Um, now, obviously, we're talking a little bit more in terms of flipping than we are like collecting. Like I would argue, this conversation is a little bit more about like flipping cards and and and, and trying to find some value and and taking advantage of the fact that the off season is here uh, versus collecting, which. The approach is slightly different, and you can like if you're collecting Tom Brady. What it, is there a good time to buy Brady now, or has it always been, and is is it always going to be a good time to buy Brady? You know. Yeah, and I tell you what. So it's crazy because I'll give you an example. So I went out and bought a LeBron chalk toss refractor. It was raw. Ugh. I bought it. Bought it raw. I got it for 1100 and the beautiful thing was he took 700 of it in trade. So yeah, I was like, awesome. hell yeah. So I bought that with every intent on flipping it as soon as possible. I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm going to send it out to get graded, but I'm flipping this and I'm going to capitalize on it. It came back at 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And now the value is between 4,500 and five grand, depending on the day. And I don't even want to move it now. Now it's like that chalk cost is iconic. It's a refractor PSA 10. So even when you're in that game of trying to level up and flip cards and, and move up, a lot of times it does turn into collecting. 
You know, it's yeah. all kind of one in the same. I don't know too many people that only collect and don't move cards because if that's the case, you better get a bigger house. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you better have a money tree out back. I, I love that because truly the conversation of the last two years in the hobby was like, screw the flippers and, 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 and hail, all hail the collectors. But the real conversation is what you're talking about, which is we're all we're all collectors and flippers. Mm. Like we're we're yeah. all we're all all those things because it's just cardboard and you can't you can't just hold a ton of cards all the time. It's not feasible. You have a life to live. And so uh I, I love that and you are insanely right and such an awesome like dude, congratulations on that LeBron play. Oh, like when you, you posted buddy. that in our group. Oh I, yeah. So I'll tell you, I bought, I have a LeBron James chalk toss refractor, the 2008 tops Chrome in the refractor and a PSA 10. I have it. I Love bought it. it though at the freaking peak at like 10,000. Oh. So what you did is much, 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 much. I can't say it enough smarter than what I did. And that's why I've taken a lot from you over the, the, the time we've been recording because you do things so differently than I do. And I, like it because you take calculated risks on cards that are great where you're not putting all of your eggs in a basket. And it's a, it is a really great way to be in the hobby. And I've had to try to think like you a little bit more because it, after you do, you've done that and a couple of the other ones that we talked about, the um, you talked about one that you graded the, 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 I can't remember if it was a Honus Wagner or a, a Oh, the Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, like those are great shots. I love that. That's, those are those are good shots to take. So that's huge. Congrats, dude. Well, listen, I appreciate that. You 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 gave me my flowers. I'm going to give you yours. I've talked with uh you know Craig New York City Sports Cards you know daily, and I told him I said uh I've told him before like I'm learning a lot from Amil. Like I'm I'm learning like like I need to start taking bigger shots. I need to start taking more risks you know what i mean because the thing is and i've told you this like man i'm i'm trying to get to where you're at with you know having that lebron auto rookie like you know uh, that's that's a beautiful card man i would love to have a card like that in my in my pc so i'm i'm continuously trying to move and level up and uh and document it as well you know whether if it's through the podcast or through instagram but uh I tell you, every day I learn something new about the hobby and about myself and, and you know, about my peers for sure. I appreciate it. And it is such a testament to like find some hobby people that you really like and jive with because uh, everyone does this a little bit differently. Like nobody does this the same. I, I have not met one other collector out there that does it or thinks the same way I do uh, and vice versa. Right. Like it's it's pretty great. I do love it. You can learn a lot from other people. Um, and, and just same back back to the football conversation, like. We do things like we we definitely do things a little bit differently here. Um, and let's go back to like talking about you know I, I want to yeah. Hit who who are you looking at? Because I I mentioned Kyler Baker Lamar as being potential plays to be able to flip and maybe two three four x level up before the season. Who yeah. are you looking at? What plays are you thinking about potentially being able to make? Yeah. So again, I tend to be in the, I want to go after quarterbacks that are somewhat proven and by less bet by less high end 
and a little bit lower end, like that mid-tier card, that $500 to $1,500 card that I, I think that is a really nice place uh, to buy and then wait for that to do something. And I don't, like, I'm not necessarily buying base prisms, so I'll buy, like, certain parallels or silvers if I can get my hands on that. It just depends. But the the players that I'm I'm looking at, for me, are ones that I believe can have, like, huge narrative shifts and huge narrative changes. Uh, the guys that come to my mind when when I think about that, one, I think about it in two things. The AFC is insanely packed. Oh, it's loaded, loaded, loaded with. And that's talent. why I that's a big part of the reason why I think Burrow, as much of a stud as this guy is, I don't know if he makes the Super Bowl in the next five years. I don't. It's also why I have a hard time with buying Justin Herbert, even though I think that this could be like if he has a good season, you'll see his prices go up because he had a bad season this year or a relatively bad season this year, and his prices have come down over the entire year. So, I'm on that Herbert bandwagon, too, a little bit. I do. I have been looking at, out of all the quarterbacks we've talked about, Herbert's a guy I've been looking at maybe making a high-end play on, but I'm like, you know, yeah, so I hear you. I'm with you there. So Herbert's a guy that I've looked at. Let, I want to talk about Kyler Murray really fast. Okay. What do you think about the – the reports that are coming out of the Cardinals training camp that Kyler Murray's immature or like he's not a great teammate. What what do you think about that? And do you think that leads to his prices continuing to go down? Do you think that gives you even more value to buy into or does it scare you away to the point where you're not wanting to take a shot on him? Obviously, you've decided you are taking a shot on him, but talk me through that thought process when there is bad news coming out of the Cardinals training camp or I Cardinals think- camp. I tell you what, when I think of Kyler, I don't know why I do have it in my head that either A, the Cardinals are going to absolutely, the Cardinals know what they have with Kyler, and everyone else knows what they have. This guy is a bona fide superstar, in my opinion. And I think that the Cardinals either go all in to make one last Super Bowl run, or they look to move him before his contract is up. And I don't know. Like I read this narrative um, right around Pro Bowl week, uh, right after Kyler basically deleted everything off his Instagram, and and someone and one of the headlines was Kyler starts throwing, you know, throws a touchdown catch to Mike Evans during the Pro Bowl, so now he wants to go to Tampa. And I'm like, let me tell you something. If Kyler ends up in Tampa, his the hype machine is going to be an absolute overdrive with him because. All the stud quarterbacks are basically in the AFC. So he I feel like he has a wide open field to take this Tom Brady team, you know, the the Bucks and really do something with him. So for me, Kyler's a buy, you know, and I say that putting it out there, knowing that like, you know, now I'm gonna be competing with maybe listeners for to buying these cards, but I don't care because that's what we do. You know what I mean? Like I'm not selling and there's plenty of Kyler stuff out there. And, and there's plenty of Kyler again, stuff out there for sure. Stuff of the guy. So really quickly, I do want to take a, a, a look at his his prism because it is, again, his most liquid card. So I think it's a good one to take a look at. This is his 2019 uh, base prism in a PSA 10 that has a population of 2,578. You can see what the card has been doing over the last year. Started at 600. It's all the way down to 156. You're telling me, wh- when was it at 600? Just one year ago, March of last year. Okay. What was it? What was it right before the season kicked off? Like, say, August. Yeah, August. It was 
it was hitting that kind of 400 to yeah, 350 to $400 range. Okay. Cause March, I think prices were still kind of high, right? The yep. market was still high in March. So people are still buying, buying them up. But, but you're telling me that from the beginning of the season to now his prices went from 400 to 150. Yeah. That, and, and as he had his like MVP level start, his prices only went up from 350 to 450. And this is why I think the sports card hobby is getting smarter. People aren't reacting as much. Um, and so as soon as that he cools off, you can see the downfall his cards start taking. Now, you may be saying, all right, this is a really liquid card. What's going on with something like his silver, which is only a population of 168, um, currently going for about $1,000. And a year ago, it was at 3250 Before the season, it was... 2100 and now it's down to 1100 so even his rarer stuff is coming down a bit mm. yeah so, I, I i tell you i think kyler's for me kyler's a stud and um just seeing what he did at the beginning of the season uh, i don't think that he's i don't think that the moment is too big for him although it looked like it was in these past playoffs because he he was nowhere to be found in that wild card game. He's also a smaller quarterback and definitely gets hurt a little bit and is also a running quarterback, which makes him a little bit riskier from an injury standpoint. So, you know, but this is what we talk about in terms of buying when it doesn't feel good. Kyler doesn't feel good right now. Kyler doesn't feel good to buy right now, but you're taking a shot on him, which is makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I like the play because I, I don't like the play, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, definitely. And I like the idea of him being in the NFC. Like, I think taking a shot on a quarterback that's in the NFC right now when the AFC is as loaded as it is, is a really good play. So I'm going to bring up uh, a guy that's, you know, had his ups and downs. I'm going to bring up Dak Prescott. I'm not a Cowboys guy, definitely not a Cowboys fan. But again, in a conference that, uh, in a division that's pretty, uh, usually not that great, and in a conference that has a big window of opening here is Dak a potential good play so let me show you what's going on with his cards and the NFC East um the last few years is just I mean it's a joke me being a Giants fan you know I I, I study the NFC East every year and it's really the Cowboys division to lose for like the last five years every once in a while the Redskins the Redskins the Washington football team or Philly will, you know, kind of make some noise. But other than that, it's the Cowboys division to lose. And there was a point this season, I want to say like around week 10 or 11, where the Cowboys were, I think, the ranked in the NFL power rankings, the number two team in the entire league. So they They've were hot it. this year. They've, they have a, a good offense, and their defense was playing really well this year at certain points. And so I do think he's interesting. That he still has great weapons around him with C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Uh, and they still have Michael Gallup. Like they've still got a great team around him, and they've got a good offensive line. Um, so let's take a look at his 2016 Prism uh, Silver in a PSA 10. This is a year that doesn't have a Prism base. So the population on this card is a thousand is 1,212. You can see about a year ago it was trading at 870. Before the season, it was going for about 850. So it did get a little bit of a bump. Um, and then, uh, you know, he had a decent start to the year. Like you said, like the Cowboys were playing well. And so from the start of the season, 
eight, you know, call it 700 up to nine twenty five, a thousand dollars, even as high as about twelve hundred dollars. Uh, this card went now it's trading for around five hundred, five sixty five. It's kind of what it's going for now. What do I you think, think this about is this card? Well, I think this is just me. And I'd be lying if I said I did not. I have not looked at that card in the last six months. My like, God, oh, do I pull the trigger on it? Uh, the DAC rookie, the prism. But this is just me being this, you know, skeptical NFL fan. Um, since Troy Aikman, no one's really been able to do anything with that quarterback position. And you know, they've they've had so many quarterbacks in and out of there, and I, I feel like if Dak was going to be the guy, he would have, have already shown that. I mean, he's been in the league, what, six seasons now? Five, five, six seasons. And I just don't know if he's the guy, man. You know, I feel like as crazy as it sounds, and these words could come back to bite me, but I think that Dak and Zeke, I think that their window is closing. I think they've already had their window of being that power duo. And personally, I don't even feel that much hype around Dak. You know what I mean? Because like, I'm not saying I believe in Kyler. I'm, I mentioned Baker Mayfield before, who's who's almost, you feel like, almost going to be out of the league in a year or two. Um, but I, I just feel like there's no hype when it comes to Dak. You know, and it's like, if I buy a Dak card, I feel like I'm going to be stuck with it. And that's fair. That is fair. Now, I will push back on that one and say they are the one of the most popular teams in the country. And so when you talk about a team and a market that's got real potential, a, a quarterback that plays for the Cowboys always has the hype machine potential. And so if you want to play the hype machine game, Dak is one of those players that you can play it with and maybe give yourself a decent, decent shot at it. Um, so, uh, yeah. And you know what? kudos you're absolutely correct um I, I i think i just don't know if i trust them you know it's like i i've seen i've seen every quarterback i've mentioned i've seen do electric things on the field baker mayfield included i can't really think of anything electric i've ever seen dak do you know but but you're right though there are dallas cowboy fans all around the country and that position is you know it's the most herald position in all of football. You know, yeah. I, I I was talking to Chris Costa from Costa Cards on my podcast a couple weeks ago, and I said something like, Tom Brady has made the New England Patriot quarterback position almost as like popular or scrutinized as the Cowboys quarterback position. So you're right. The hype machine is there. Um what are your thoughts on Mac Jones real quick now that I just bring up the Patriots? I mean, is is he a buy? So I wanted to group a lot. Of, so I want to I want to go through a couple other big name quarterbacks, but let's get into this because I think we're you're already on to it. So let's yeah. just talk about it. The group of Mac Jones, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, huh? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is definitely in that. Uh, even even guys like Trey Lance. And maybe even a Jordan Love coming into a situation behind Aaron Rodgers. How are do you feel on taking shots on young quarterbacks that haven't had the shot to actually prove themselves yet, but are but are kind of simmering? They've been below the surface a little bit and they're there. Mac Jones is probably at the top of that list. Probably, yeah. Trevor Lawrence had a bad year, but 
obviously a very, very high draft pick, and people still expect very good things from him, uh, and he was in a bad situation. I, I tell you, too, and I think I think you nailed it. I think those two are in probably a different category than the rest, although Jalen Hurts, man, was putting together some games this year, and I've actually been looking at Jalen Hurts cards recently, and I I got outbid in the final seconds. I tried to snipe a Jalen Hurts RPA. I think I screenshotted it and texted it in our Wolfpack group chat. And I said, I think I just got outbid by a Schiller, but because he had zero feedback. Yeah. But I was recently talking to Probstein, and Probstein said, just because someone has zero feedback doesn't mean that they're a Schiller because there are some people out there that don't want anyone to know that they bought a card. So they'll make a fake account because you can kind of, if you're familiar with someone's username, you can figure that out. Point being, I almost made a play in a Jalen Hurts RPA last week, and that's because he, he strung together a few good games and National is going to be in New Jersey, which is 45 minutes from Philly. So I figured the Jalen Hurts market is going to be hot at National. Jalen Hurts is the young guy that I think I've thought about the whole taking a little bit more of a risky play, but going after a higher end card. I think Jalen Hurts put enough together at the end of last year that I don't completely mind the play. Like, I think it's risky as hell. Don't get me wrong. I Like, please don't hear what I'm not saying here. It's very risky play. Well, did you, you said don't hear what I'm not saying. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I was catching up. Uh, yeah, st- you know, stick with it, Rob. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think Jalen Hurts is is an interesting play. Mac Jones is hard because again, he's in the AFC, the division, the, the division, and, and just the 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 whole conference itself is just a massive talent load right now. I, I don't know how a guy like Mac Jones and his prices and hype went really high this year, and. You know, there were rumors that there was a lot of shell bidding going on, just driving up his prices because they were going up to astronomical prices. Like his Don Ross rated rookie PSA 10 was around like 3,200. And it was like, what? For his Don Ross rated rookie PSA 10, the Herbert was going for like 200, I think. Like, how are you going to tell me that Jones go for 3,200? Let's let's make something very clear here because there's something that happens, especially with people who or with players that are very young and don't have their actual true rookie cards out just yet. Mac Jones, that was a product of Mac Jones cards not being available and that Don rated rookie That's only true. being one of the few like decent cards you could That's buy Mac Jones at the car at the time. Yep. Be very careful of what you buy at the time of the hype machine doing its thing because that Don rated card. Most people know it's not a very high quality card. And if that's the card you're going to go after and you're going to pay $3,200 for it, like that's, there's almost no way to win in that situation. So, yeah. Either. So, so uh, our buddy Ken, who's KC underscore card works, he, he hits me up uh, about three months ago and he's like, Rob, tell me I'm not an idiot here. Okay. He goes, I have about six of these Mac Jones rated rookie cards. Okay. He said they're raw. He said, Instead of sending them to SGC, I think I want to send them to PSA Express. He said they'll be back within four weeks. They're trending at like 3200 right now. By the time he got those cards back, the price of the PSA 10 had plummeted from 3200 to like 550 in like Rob, four, in like four weeks. Did you not tell him to sell it? What did you say to him? 
I, I said, listen, you're you, go to PSA for sure. Send, I mean, that makes sense. Send him the PSA. But by the time he got him back, the price had already plummeted. He couldn't. He couldn't capitalize on it. Craig, you need. Uh, you need to be smarter. And you no, need to Ken. 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 Same yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 And I know. I know you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, working. no. So so okay. So you're saying out of all those players that you just mentioned, those like newer, younger guys, um, and I think that two was probably not in that conversation anymore, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think two was there. But so you're saying out of everyone, including Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, you think Jalen Hurts is a guy you would want to take a a risk on? I don't. I still Trevor Lawrence still plays for the Jags. I hate the organization. I think they're. He, just he a, does still play for the Jags. Last time I checked, yeah. Super poorly run organization, <laughs> and so much of football is like, can you put the pieces together? You know, and I don't know who he's throwing to over there. At least Jalen Hurts has like Devonta Smith. He's got some guys on that team that are good. The the defense is getting. Or the defense is not very good, but Philly always has offensive weapons, man. For as long as I can remember, going back the last five years, the last ten years, the last fifteen years, whether it was Miles Sanders, who whoever it was, they always have offensive weapons, man. Philly is so good at just piecing together studs, studs, and they've got a good scheme. Like they scheme for their quarterbacks. They 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 provide a great. They're always, you know, they haven't been in the mix the last couple of years just because they, they're going through a rebuild process. But, like, they have the young quarterback. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the guy for them or not. I don't know. But he was starting to put together games last year. Oh, he and was. As a, as a running quarterback, you just have this massive advantage. And especially from, like, a how fun is it is it to watch that player play? Like, remember what it was to watch Lamar Jackson before we got used to watching Lamar Jackson play? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was electric. It was so much. It was insane to watch that. You, it was, it was must see television, right? Yeah. When and when there, when you have a running quarterback, you're basically taking away a defender from the defensive team. So it's almost like now you're playing against ten defenders. You know, it's like because there has to be a guy, and not just the mic. There has to be a guy that is accounting for him, if not two guys, especially if he could truly you know, spread the field out and, and, and take off for a run, you know, and so underrated facet of their off season is that they have a ton of draft capital. Mm. They have, they have, I think the most draft capital going into this draft. So again, football teams can like rebuild fairly quickly. Like it happens. It can is happen. That, is that from giving up Carson Wentz? Uh, it could be from that. I think they got a pick in the Zach Ertz deal. I think they, I can't remember how they have so much capital. Yeah. But they do. They just do. And and I'm not the most like attuned to the transactions happening all the time in the, in, in the NFL, but I do know that they have a lot of transactions. And so if they came out of this offseason with a really good looking team or a really like rebuilt offensive line or something or a defense that can really make some noise, like, you're talking you're talking about a team that maybe is poised to go a little bit further in the NFC uh than they wouldn't otherwise because again the conference is pretty wide open right now so yeah absolutely absolutely what so about yeah so so football football on on football's been on my mind you know honestly man and it just and in my mind I'm just really stockpiling um uh, you know, some really good football cards. But so even though I didn't go to this last week's show, Craig, Casey Card, or I'm not Craig, Ken, 
KC Cardworks went and Ken told me that he's like, man, people are still asking for football. Even even though Super Bowl's been over, it's been a week or two, people are still asking for football. Because him and I were talking, we're like, yeah, we're going to pack up the football and probably, you know, we're not going to put it out on display. Maybe we'll put it in a briefcase under the table, but we're not going to put it out anymore. He's like, everyone was asking for football still. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Traditionally, once the Super Bowl's over, it's, you know, lights out for football for a little while. But for him to say that people are still demanding football, that's, you know, I think that says something. I think it does. I think it speaks to the hobby health. And uh, and, and, and there's a lot of st- good stuff still happening right now. And, and I think it's becoming a 24 hour, 365 day type of hobby now. I mean, it's not like you're just going in and out of sports, even basketball offseason. People are making tons of plays, you know, like everyone's thinking about it that way now. And. It is it is fun to think about it that way, and it is this is the time to take your shots if you're going to take any. So, um, and then let's let's uh, end the show there, and we'll do some of the, the the bigger names like the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Tom Brady's, the Josh Allen's. Let's let's hit that on the first part of next week's episode because I do think there's conversations to be had about guys like Aaron Rodgers who are still obviously going to be playing and also making pretty major changes to where they may be playing next year. Russell Wilson is a name to throw in the mix. Got it. So let's talk about those guys next week, because that is really interesting because trades and changes to team uh, scenarios and team circumstances do trigger new hype machines. And so I think it's important to talk about, but Really appreciate everyone listening uh, tonight. Uh, you can find both of us on Instagram at the Slap Talk for me and at Sports Car Therapist for Rob. He's got a podcast as well, so make sure to go find that. It's called Sports Car Therapist. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, hit that bell icon so you get notified. If you're watching on, if you're listening on podcast, leave a rating and a review. We do all this stuff for free. Appreciate all the love that we get. But please do help spread it with to your friends and leave ratings and reviews. It helps us grow the thing. So thank you so much uh, and appreciate you tuning in. Have a good night. If I can find my mouse now, have a good night.